Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. A little housekeeping before we get started. If you want to reach me, you can email me anytime at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. If you miss part of the show, you can hop on over to my iTunes page where you can also listen to hundreds of other episodes of the show. And if you want to know what else is going on, including upcoming shows, giveaways, etc., whatever it might be, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. This show is sponsored by Terramia Restaurante in the North End, when you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and an intimate setting. Terramia is your go-to spot. I know because it also happens to be my favorite. And there's parking. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. All right then, lots to cover in a short period of time, so we're going to get going. Dr. Sarah Hill, who is with us here tonight, is a research psychologist and professor who studies health, relationships, and other forms of social behavior. She's also a writer with a passion for helping people learn about science and the ways it can help them feel happier, healthier, and better connected. Her newest book, This Is Your Brain on Birth Control, The Surprising Science of Women, Hormones, and the Law of Unintended Consequences, verifies what millions of women have already suspected. The pill changes women. Welcome back, Sarah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So this is your um, release date today, is that right? It is. This is my release date, and That's... I get to spend it with you. I'm uh, excited. Oh, <laughs> good, good, good. Okay. All right. So you say that the birth control pill affects everything from sex to hunger, friendships, aggression, learning, and more. So how so? Well, our sex hormones are part of the signaling software that our brain uses to sort of create our experiences that we have in life. Um, And, you know, we know that, um, you know, that our sex hormones influence each one of these processes. They influence things like like sleep, hunger, who we're attracted to, you know, whether we want sex or don't want sex, how easy um, we are to anger when provoked, right? So there's been decades of research showing that um, women's sex hormones influence each one of these processes. And it's only more recently that researchers have sort of put two and two together and, you know, taken the moment to pause and say, well, wait a minute, (laughs) if um, sex hormones influence each one of these types of processes in the brain, um, then taking the birth control pill, which changes what your sex hormones are doing, is necessarily going to be influencing each one of these systems too. And so the book is really providing readers, you know, with this sort of broader context about hormonal involvement in who they are and the way that they experience the world. And then also what we know and, you know, don't yet know about the way that the birth control pill um, is influencing the brain and, and what we're doing. So tell us more about how it influences the brain. Well, you know, there's um, kind of a, like a lot. I could end up with a really long monologue, which I'm going to try not That's to okay. do. That's okay. That's okay. It's your show. Yeah, it's it's okay. your, we want to let people know. So go for it. Uh, right, right. Well, I mean, so for example, we know 
um, from the research now that, um, you know, uh, our pills might be influencing um, who it is that we're attracted to, um, who we choose as a partner, and even our um, relationship satisfaction. And this is something that's really surprising to the people. Pill? Because the pill? Um, Sorry, go ahead. These, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy um, when you think about it. You don't see that on the packaging, you know, like yeah. risk of, you know, romantic partner choice being different. Um, but it's a possibility. Um, and there has been research, you know, just to give you the very brief backstory, um, for a number of years now, researchers have been documenting um, the way that women's sex hormones just across a natural cycle, so this is like non-pill-taking women, um, influence like attraction, um, sexual desire, and, and other things like that. And, and the sort of short version of what they find is that the sex hormone estrogen um, is related to um, increased uh, sexual desire, um, increased sexual behavior. Um, it is also um, associated with increased attunement to men and, um, you know, masculine features. So things that are associated with the male sex hormone testosterone. So we know, for example, from the research that um, estrogen in women predicts a preference for men um, who have higher levels of testosterone um, and the markers that are associated with this. So having a deeper voice, um, having, you know, broad shoulders and a narrow waist, um, being somebody who's socially dominant, somebody who's got, you know, masculine facial features. Um, and this research um, has been shown for a while now. And so more recently, what researchers wanted to know is, well, you know, gosh, given that the birth control pill keeps women's levels of estrogen really low and the levels that are in the pill are um, sort of subordinate to the other female sex hormone, progesterone, mm -hmm. um, which in birth control pills is sort of the predominant hormone. You know, a lot of times when people talk about women's sex hormones, it's sort of like a, it's like a balance between the two hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about the sort of the ratio, like are you estrogen dominant or progesterone dominant right now? Um, and in um, pill-taking women, you are basically mimicking a state of consistent progesterone dominance. Um, and so researchers have been interested um, in whether this sort of hormonal context might be um, leading women, given the relatively low levels of estrogen across the cycle for these women, um, whether it might be leading them to choose partners um, with more feminine facial features in particular, um, and also whether, you know, it might um, lead them to sort of downplay um, the importance of, you know, sort of like sexiness cues in their choice of partners. Um, and the, what the research finds is that, you know, women who are on the pill, um, when you look at the faces of their partners, um, they actually are somewhat less masculine um, than the faces of partners that are chosen by naturally cycling women. Um, they find that women who chose their partners when they were on the birth control pill um, report feeling more relationship satisfaction in terms of things like their partner's um, financial stability um, and their intelligence, but that they're less satisfied than naturally cycling women when it comes to almost all sexual aspects of their relationship, like how attracted they are to their partner, how sexually satisfied they are with their partner, um, and so on and so forth. That's and, quite a um, trade-off, isn't it? 
It is a trade-off. You know, it is. And it's really, it's, it's interesting because um, all relationships are about making trade-offs, right? And sure. yeah. um, in each, like, cause no, none of us really, except for the, the most fortunate among us, um, is able to have everything, right? Like we can't right. simultaneously maximize all qualities in our partner. Um, and so it's really about, you know, the idea is that the pill might sort of tilt um, the types of trade-offs that women make and sort of lead them to make one set of trade-offs relative to another set of trade-offs. And maybe that they're trading off things like, um, you know, focusing on their partner's provisioning ability or like how good of a dad they might be, for example, um, and sort of emphasizing those qualities and then de-emphasizing, um, you know, the you know, the degree to which this person is sort of sexy and, um, and, and that sort of thing. And so there's, um, some kind of interesting, you know, that research is really provocative and, um, suggests that, of course, if, you know, if women choose their partners when they're on the birth control pill, um, and then they go off of the birth control pill, um, that this potentially <laughs> like yawn. <laughs> Could oh, it's you again. <laughs> in their relationship. And there has been some research now that has shown that, in fact, it does. Um, and it's fascinating. And what's really fascinating about it is, um, and this is from one study in particular that I'm thinking about, is one, it was a longitudinal study um, that was done in married couples. And they looked at, you know, what happens when women choose their partner when they're on the pill and then they go off it. And they found that lo and behold, um, you know, later on when they looked at relationship and sexual satisfaction over time, what they found was that the women who chose their partners when they were on the pill, um, after they went off the pill, they did experience um, changes in sexual and marital satisfaction. And whether those changes were positive or negative, was influenced by how attractive their partner was. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, oh, my gosh. We do need to take a short break, Sarah. Um, but when we come back, okay. I have a very yeah. interesting uh, thought that's just come into my head, so I'm going to hold it. But let's just stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is Life Don't Miss It. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. Ladies, it's time to enjoy a new you. Stop hiding. Experience a tradition of quality results and a standard of excellence and service at Kima Cosmetic Surgery Anti-Aging Center in Norwell. The best kept secret south of Boston, whether you're looking to seek enhancement, reconstruction, or skin care, Kima is the only place to go. Having been in business for 11 years, their clients include A-listers. Kima is the first clinic in Massachusetts to use Limitless MD human umbilical cord stem cells. These are the first human umbilical cord stem cells created for cosmetic procedures used in combination with some of the most advanced technologies. I've been to Kima myself and wouldn't go anywhere else because I expect exceptional results. So contact Kima today to schedule your consultation at 781-871-4200 or visit them at kimaantiaging.com and discover the internal and external solution you've been looking for. Now, what are you waiting for? Looking for a unique experience to dining? Rio Brazilian Steakhouse brings an authentic Brazilian flavor with a great atmosphere to the restaurant scene in Plymouth. The interior is warm and welcoming, and the buffet style offers a relaxed atmosphere while offering fine dining with the traditional rodízio style from Rio, the heart of Brazil. 
come dine and watch your dishes being prepared and cooked over the grill. Plymouth's best-kept secret, Rio Brazilian Steakhouse offers a full buffet daily, along with wine and beer. Rio Brazilian Steakhouse is located at 318 Court Street in Plymouth and is open seven days a week. For an unforgettable experience from start to finish, visit them at riosteakhouserestaurant.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you afraid that you'll hire a painter who just stops by, throws on a coat of paint, and goes? Not with Baldo's Painting. Baldo's Painting is your one-stop shop for everything. Not only can they paint every room in your house, they do hallways, staircases, and ceilings. They also paint additions or remodels of any size, from newer homes to historical ones. They offer great pricing, they're professional, and they don't leave a mess when they finish. Call them at 774-327-4709 to request a free estimate. Baldo's Painting is booking jobs right now for the fall. Your home could look like new for the holidays. So don't wait. Call Valdo's Painting today. You'll be glad you did. 774-327-4709. Now for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Sarah Hill and we are discussing, well, I don't want to say the dangers of the pill, but we'll just say the birth control pill. She, her book is just released. This is your brain on birth control. It's amazing. The surprising science of women, hormones, and the law of unintended consequences. So Sarah, this goes back a lot of years, a lot, lot, lot of years ago. Um, and I've always been one, oh, don't take medicine. Don't take, put anything forward into your body. Well, I'm talking, I don't even know how many years ago, 25 years ago, I was working with this girl and she was taking the pill. And I remember saying, why don't you use some other form of birth control? Why do you have to take something orally? You know, you're putting something strange into your body. No, no, no. Anyway, she was on the pill for a very, very long time. And, um, she met this guy and he was, you know, sort of like the perfect husband um, or husband material, you know, good look. Well, not yeah. even so, eh, so, so good looking. But anyway, you know, had a great job, <laughs> gave her lots of attention. But she, I remember her telling me she really had no sexual attraction to this man. Um, mm-hmm. And I always thought it was so strange because she was such a beautiful beautiful woman i mean like a really young lady um young beautiful woman and um very great shape and she just had it all going for her but you know what she made this decision to marry him i have no idea whether she ended up staying with him or not but but i just wonder it made me think when you were saying that like did she marry him because she was popping the pill you know (laughs) that's so interesting yeah and so the the research finds that when women choose their partners and they're on the pill um, if they if they just so happen to choose somebody who is really attractive, um, that once they go off the pill, that their relationship and sexual satisfaction increase. You know, they're like, oh, you know, all of a sudden those things become important again, and women are glad that they have those qualities, and you know, and all of a sudden, you know, their sexual satisfaction increases and their uh, relationship satisfaction follows suit. Um, on the flip side, what they find is that the women um, who are partnered to relatively less attractive men, once they're off the pill, they aren't so happy about that. 
um, their sexual satisfaction decreases, and so does their relationship satisfaction. Oh. And you know, again, you know, and so serious it could be your stuff. friend. Yeah, this is serious. Yeah, it stuff. is serious stuff, right? Because it could be that your friend, you know, if if the pill, you know, and and the jury is out. Like this research is new, and we need to um, we need to see a lot more before we can draw really hard and fast conclusions about you know the degree to which this influences uh, women's relationships. Um, but it's a really it's a provocative thought if if it's True. And, you know, given what sex hormones do in the brain and the way that they sort of influence what the brain is doing, there's every reason to believe that they're going to be involved in, you know, in partner choice. Mm -hmm. And if they do sort of tilt our um, the types of trade-offs that we make where we're sort of de-emphasizing, you know, uh, sexiness and, and, and attraction and some of these sort of, you know, like, like what, like base sort of relationship needs, um, it could you know potentially cause problems down the road if women, um, you know, once they're off the pill, if it sort of causes them to prioritize those qualities again. Well, and it makes sense. And and now sort of fast forwarding because when you think of women on the pill, you obviously think of women you know like forty and younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. when a woman gets older and her estrogen level drops. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it would then make sense as women begin going into the stage of menopause that right. there's so much conversation about, um, you know, not having the sexual desire that they once had. Although um, I don't know that that's across the board. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. have a very good friend who went through menopause and she was like a lunatic. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> like a man, where? That's I have so to have funny. him, you know? So I don't know what that was about, but uh, maybe it was just because she was newly single. I'm not sure. But, the, right? So that's a Yeah, no, I think it's so, I think that's like such an interesting question, right? Because, you know, it's like um, women's hormones will change um, with menopause, right? And um, if really what's going on here is that, you know, estrogen sort of tilts our preferences, you know, mm. one way versus another way. Um, and that suppressing estrogen is like sort of what's responsible for these different trade-offs. Then, yeah, I mean, it's possible that, you know, pill-taking women might be choosing the perfect partner for their postmenopausal self, you know, <laughs> and it's, which is like really, it's, it's like kind of a, I mean, it's, it's very provocative. It um, sure is. It's, it's really interesting. And yeah, no, it's, there's a lot that, um, um, there's a lot that it still needs to be understood about this, but it's it's really you know these are interesting interesting conversations to be starting. And you know, and it also um, had a doctor on a while back, and we were talking about the um, antidepressants, the the family of the SSRIs, right? Yes. And they, you know, supposedly they um, will decrease um, your sexual desire. So now, if that is one of the the side effects of that, you know, then again, that's kind of a trade-off. Like, what do you do? You take these SSRIs for anxiety and depression, but then it it shuts down your sexual energy. So, I mean, you know, so then you're not not depressed and anxious, but you can't have a relationship with anyone because you're just like, yeah, I'm going to sleep now, right? So, so, but so, you know, it's like, it's scary. It's it's almost, this is another whole topic, really, but it's very scary to think that, you know, it's almost like someone once said to me, it's practice, that's why they call it practicing medicine. Right. Right. Because it's, right, yeah. But that's, again, that's a very, very 
scary thought. You pop in these pills and, you know, whether it be birth control or an antidepressant or, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you watch TV and, you know, they're advertising, I'm going off onto a tangent here, but you're advertising a, a drug <laughs> and, you know, the next thing you know, it's like, but it can do this and this and this and this and this. It's like, oh, great, you know? Anyway. Right. Well, you know, it's like, it's like the body wasn't built by an engineer. And I think that we forget that sometimes and mm. that it's an incredibly messy system. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you take, um, you know, a drug and and hormones um, are, work this way almost doubly so, but just because there's receptors for hormones on like billions of cells in the body. Um, but when you take something, you know, um, because the body is so messy and reuses, you know, different systems to do lots of different jobs, whenever you take a medication, um, it's going to cause a bunch of unintended consequences within other systems of the body and you know and this idea of you know quote-unquote side effects um sort of is is like a testament to just how messy um the body is and you know and with and when you do something like taking a a hormone um which is what we do with the pill Mm -hmm. um i mean it, it influences the body from the top you know the top of your head to the tips of your toes and um and it's because you know hormones even though Sometimes doctors will tell you, like, if you use the Nuva ring or the Mirena, um, which is an IUD that releases um, a dose of um, artificial progestin, so it's a hormonal um, IUD, um, they'll tell you that, you know, the effects are going to be less sort of widespread because um, it's, you know, going to be acting in this localized fashion, but um, there's no such thing as localized activity of hormones because the way that they communicate in the body is like a broadcast PA system. It's like a, it's like radio. It's like you, Francesca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it broadcasts through the whole body by going into the bloodstream, and you know everywhere that blood goes, the hormones go, and then they um, get picked up by every cell in the body, from you know your head to your toe, that have receptors for those hormones. And so, um, you know, the effects of the pill, even though we tend to think of it as just like, oh, my ovaries you know, and maybe my, you know, the proliferation of my uterus, it also is going to be influencing everything else, including the activities of your immune system, because they are sensitive to, um, you know, to uh, the presence of sex hormones, your circulatory system, and then, of course, to your brain. And your brain is just like full of sex hormone receptors. And so they're, you know, most of the normal psychological processes that, you know, are sort of being orchestrated by the brain are going to be um, influenced in some way um, by the birth control pill, including things that have absolutely nothing to do with sex. Why is it true that women get pregnant very quickly when they come off the pill? Or is that just some, some, you know, know, old wives tale or something? Like I, yeah. And it might be an old wives tale. Like I am not like familiar with any um, science like that looks, right at that but um i mean i think that the idea is that you know if you are um if you do go off the pill that you're um because it's going to cause a hormonal crash and it's basically you know your levels your own levels of sex hormones have been so low for so long mm-hmm. um that your um brain will sort of pick up on this these really low levels of hormones and like really get to work at sort of initiating the the um, cascade of activity that needs to go on to lead to the, um, you know, the release of an egg. Um, and so that's sort of the, the you know, idea behind that. But like mm-hmm. whether or not that's actually true, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think that I've seen any research showing that it's 
that it's true or, or false, you know, okay. and, and, okay. and yeah. And I just, yeah. I, it just seemed like in years ago, I remember it just seemed like, you know, these women would say, you, it would, I'd hear it all the time. Don't go off the pill because if you do, you get pregnant right away. And actually my sister got <laughs> pregnant right away, right afterwards too. But that was, I don't know, that might've just been coincidental. Now, what about women's sex appeal? on the pill. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another really sort of provocative angle um, of the different types of things that can go on with the birth control pill um, and women. And that is that in addition to making women less interested in sex, which by the way, there's a lot of research that suggests that that's the case. Um, women's libidos get absolutely demolished in some cases um, by their birth control pill. Um, so in addition to like sort of making women less interested in sex, um, that it might also make them less sexually desirable to um, members of the opposite sex. Um, and You know you're uh, doing nothing it, for the birth control industry right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, <laughs> or the pill a, yeah, right exactly. now. I was say, I'll, I'll, give my, I'll give my sales pitch for the pill at the end of the <laughs> Well, the I was, I know. I, you know yeah, I, I was thinking that. You know, truth be told, before this interview, I thought, so we're going to have enough to talk about on the pill for an hour that's a long time and I'm thinking oh, yeah. oh my gosh there's so much to talk about here it's like I'm feeling like oh, we're gonna run out of time but anyway go ahead yeah yeah no so you know there's a lot of research showing that the things that men find most attractive in women are things that have um, historically been linked with estrogen's presence um, so estrogen does a lot for us and anybody who's um, gone through or is going through menopause will tell you that like mm-hmm, it's, right. it's a bummer yep. um, because you know a lot of these things that um, we tend to think of um, as being sort of, you know, attractive or the things that our brain perceives as attractive in women are things that are associated with estrogen presence, like full lips, um, smooth skin, having the, you know, um, the, oh, a small waist relative to the size of your hips, um, the fullness of your breasts, um, and so on and so forth. So the list goes on, lustrous hair, you name it. Um, and, um, and estrogen presence is something that changes not only across the lifetime, of course, which is, you know, what we get when we go through puberty and then, you know, we hit menopause. Um, but it also changes within, you know, women um, across the cycle. And, you know, there's been a, um, a, you know, pretty substantial body of research now showing that um, at uh, points in a woman's menstrual cycle when estrogen is relatively high, that women are perceived as being more attractive, more sexy, um, their scent is more sexy to men at this at this point um, in the cycle, both like in terms of their axillary odor, so like the mm-hmm. smell under their like armpits and on their body, but also like down there, mm-hmm. um, that the scents there are also more attractive um, when estrogen is dominant, um, and so you know researchers have proposed and um, tested and now found evidence. Um, for um, women on the birth control pill, again, whose levels of estrogen are relatively low, um, are found to be, you know, a little bit less desirable in terms of their scent um, and um, and sort of their appeal to men. And um, and it's not just, you know, the things like with the full lips and the lustrous hair, although surely, you know, these little small changes within women um, are influencing, you know, how they're being perceived by men and their um, but also, you know, there's research showing that, um, you know, women are more motivated to do things that are sort of, you know, found, you know, 
sexy by men. So women wanting to put effort, extra effort into their appearance. Women report, you know, being more vivacious and lively and sort of sensation seeking. So going out and like doing things um, and trying new things and um, sort of being sexy. Um, and those things are also related to estrogen levels. And um, again, when we suppress those levels of estrogen and you diminish these types of activities, um, it could be associated with, you know, decreased effort into just like sexiness. And um, this is something that hasn't yet been researched, but it's something that we're actually, I'm really interested in um, my lab because I've heard from several women now, because um, I, of course, talked to a, a bunch of women in the process of writing this book um, who reported that after they went off the birth control pill, they did things like grow, like for me, I grew my hair out. I started growing my hair out. <laughs> Long, I thought you were going to say you, really you were jumping time. off out of planes. <laughs> yeah, and like doing things like that, and um, and like women who'd, who'd gotten like breast augmentations and like started, you know, um, exercising again and and just feeling sexy and lively again in a way that they hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sexy, and that's sexy to men. I mean, it's, it's sexy to everybody. Like we always love being yeah. around people who've like sort of been lit up inside um, and feel, you know, charismatic. Yeah. Feel yeah. Sort of, yeah, exactly. And so um, the pill might also um, have implications um, for these processes um, in women. And, and like I said, this is something that um, we need more research on. But um, the reports from women I've spoken to, I can't tell you how many times women have spontaneously raised this issue um, when it comes to the pill. Hmm, that's that's very very interesting. Um, I'm wondering then about um, as a woman a woman gets older and starts to have a decrease in estrogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd mm-hmm. be curious to know what the attraction then is to for younger men to older women. But um, but anyway, we do need we we do need. <laughs> yes, to, yep. Yeah, but we do need to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to shift a little bit and um, talk. Unfortunately, it's a little sad, but it it it's true from what I hear that women are twice as likely have to have attempted suicide um, Mm -hmm. as a woman who's not on a hormonal Mm -hmm. contraceptive. So I really want to get into, Mm -hmm. when we get back, talking about women's moods on the pill. So listeners, stay with us here. Lots more to cover. We'll be right back. This is Life Don't Miss It. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Hey, long time no see. You look amazing. Thanks. I just came from my hair appointment with Thomas Negrelli at Rebel Hair Studio. Thomas Negrelli? Yeah, Thomas Negrelli. He specializes in cuts, color, blowouts, braids, and even makeup. I have been thinking about changing up my look. Then call him at 774-404-1872. Did you say that number again? 774-404-1872. Thanks. I'm calling him now. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terra Mia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. 
This cozy tutorial with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisines here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiarestaurante.com. The South Shore's breaking news, weather, and traffic station. 95.9 WATD-FM Marshfield and 95.9 WATD.com. This is life, don't miss it. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. On 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Sarah Hill. She, we are talking about her book that's just been released. This is Your Brain on Birth Control, The Surprising Science of Women, Hormones, and the Law of Unintended Consequences. It's getting scary, but we're going to get we're going to talk about a few more scary things about the pill, and then hopefully we'll have some good things to say about it. So uh, welcome back, Sarah. Thank you. So, okay, um, is it true that a woman's twice as likely to have attempted suicide um, who's uh, as a woman who's not on a hormonal contraceptive? Yeah, so there's been a lot of research in um, recent years uh, really looking at the mood-related effects of the pill. And this is something that, you know, a lot of us hear these really contradictory messages about, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, the, prudent, the, you know, the pill um, can make you depressed. Oh, no, the pill doesn't make you depressed. It makes you depressed on Tuesdays and not on Wednesdays. And, you know, and a lot of times women are like, what? Like, what do I do with all, you know, this yeah, information? Yeah. Does it influence mood? And um, recently there has been a number of... Um, uh, studies, and in particular, there's a couple of studies that um, came out of Denmark by this research team there that's doing this really amazing work um, for women. Um, and what's really cool about these studies is that they are able to look at an entire population of people. Um, so Denmark has these health registries that actually keep track of every single person who lives in the country. And when you have these big samples, it allows you to make really thoughtful um, you know, predictions and, and test really thoughtfully the relationship between um, variables like, for example, birth control pill use and sort of rare occurring events such as um, suicide, which thankfully, you know, is relatively rare in terms of behaviors, which makes it very difficult to study. Mm-hmm. And this team of researchers, um, in one of their first really pivotal papers, um, they just simply looked at the risk of um, being diagnosed with depression or being prescribed antidepressants and, you know, how that varies um, as a function of whether or not somebody has first been prescribed um, hormonal contraceptives. And what this research found is it was one of the most, um, it was one of the first and really most compellingly demonstrated cases demonstrating a link between hormonal contraceptive use and a risk of being diagnosed with um, with depression. Um, and this risk was found to be particularly pronounced in young women. So women ages 15 to 19. And this is like a sort of a special group of women because um, this is a period of time when your brain isn't done developing. Right. And what this tells me is that, um, you know, women whose brains are still developing might be really sensitive to the mood-related effects that are related to the birth control pill. Um, they followed up on this study a couple of years later, um, examining the link between pill use and, um, and the risk of suicide. 
And what they found was um, that being on the birth control pill did significantly increase um, your risk of attempting suicide. I think that it increased the risk of attempting um like uh, making it two times higher, but the risk of like actually successfully, um, you know, uh, pulling off suicide. Mm, Yeah. yeah, um, Increased. I think it was like, it was like three times higher. And, and um, I I would have to look at my book to get the exact numbers, but it it was, it was, it was two or three times um, the risk. And again, the risk was particularly pronounced in these young, you know, these adolescent girls. Um, and uh, since the time of these studies, um, there's been other research that seems to show that especially when you're dealing with young women, um, you know, who oftentimes are being prescribed the pill for things that, you know, aren't as, you know, beneficial as pregnancy prevention, because pregnancy prevention, I mean, I think that we can both agree, especially for like teenagers mm, and people, right. women who aren't ready to have babies. Yeah. I mean, that's a really big benefit. Of course. And, um, and we shouldn't like sort of write off the pill because um, the benefits of pregnancy prevention are so huge in terms of women's lives, but we need to be careful with it. I mean, especially with these young girls, because it seems like Mm. They really um, are overwhelmingly the ones who um, bear the risk of um, anxiety, depression, um, and even, you know, this really tragic um, outcome of of suicide. And so, um, you know, one thing I write about in my book, um, and I just like to repeat for your listeners, because I think it's so important, and that is, you know, if if you are going on the pill, um, and you're about to start it, um, you need to tell somebody and you need to tell somebody so that way they can keep an eye on you um, and just make let you know if they notice anything happening with your mood. Because the thing that's so sneaky and terrible about depression and anxiety is that the brain thinks that it's always felt that way. Right. So our brains, because like we like to believe that we're really sort of, you know, a stable person who's very consistent in how they're feeling and thinking Mm -hmm. Um, when we're experiencing something like when we sort of start to slip into a depression or slip into sort of an anxious cycle. Um, we believe that that's really how the world is, right? We don't think that we have a problem. We think that our job is too stressful and that we are incompetent and, you know, that we just can't handle the pressure and that people don't like us, right? It doesn't feel like, oh, I have depression. It feels like, oh, my life is terrible. Right. Um, and so if we can, like, let somebody know when we're starting a pill, especially, again, these adolescent girls, Um, And just keep an eye on them and make sure that they're, you know, tolerating it well. Somebody else might be able to give you really good feedback about whether it seems like you're having these negative mood effects, sometimes even better than the feedback we can give ourselves. Because, again, you know, anxiety and depression doesn't feel like anxiety and depression. It feels like your life is terrible and you can't handle it. Right. You know, it doesn't... and, and so, like, just, like, tell somebody that you know and love. And I also recommend just keeping a journal um, where you keep, like, metrics of sort of how you're feeling um, so that way you can kind of track things over time to make sure that you know whether or not the pill that you're using is working for you. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there's, like, more than 100 different formulations, like, sort of combinations of, you know, these artificial estrogens and progestins that are out there. And so, you know, if women um, want to be on the pill, um, and and what they're on is making them feel terrible. Um, they they should troubleshoot it. I mean, there's so many different options that are out there, and each individual woman is going to respond a little bit differently to each individual formulation of pill. Um, and you know, science isn't in a place yet where we can make really good predictions about who's going to respond in what way to what. 
And so each one of us has to be our own personal mental health advocate and really keep track of what's working for us and what's not working for us. So that way we can work as a partner with our doctor and not, you know, no longer being like at the mercy of what our doctor is telling us to do. But we're like active participants in the conversation um, saying like, this is what's happening to me you know, and um, we need to try this. And I do offer some um, suggestions in the book about, um, you know, so how to categorize the different types of pills out there and that sort of thing um, that women can use to help strategize and start these conversations with their doctors. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Sarah Hill, and her book has just been released. This is your brain on birth control, the surprising science of women, hormones, and the law of unintended consequences. So Sarah, you know, in 2016, there was a clinical trial of a promising hormonal contraceptive pill for men but it was halted <laughs> for safety reasons right at the time headlines right. focused on the fact that a number of men complained of adverse side effects many of which may sound familiar including acne and mood swings right isn't that true right yeah no it is true there was um they tried this male pill and the guys were like uh no like i feel terrible i don't feel like myself you know, and um, and because of this, they sort of um, it was kind of a non-starter. Um, and you know, and and unfortunately, you know, because women, you know, it's like women are the ones who get caught holding the bag when it comes to sex. Um, yeah. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like whether we like it or not, you yep. know, it's um, if we are having sex, we're the ones um, who have the most to lose if we end up getting pregnant. And you know, because of that. You know, and and this just goes to show how important the issue of fertility regulation is for women. It's like um, for us, because the costs are so high, you know, like potentially getting caught, you know, stuck with a pregnancy that you don't want, um, that many of us have been willing to tolerate these side effects. Um, without even complaining about them, you know, because it's like, it's like, well, you know, I have acne and I'm bloated and I don't feel like myself and I cut all my hair off (laughs) and got a perm, um, you know, or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't feel sexy and I don't feel vivacious and I don't want to have sex, um, but I'm not getting pregnant. And, um, and, you know, I think that for women, it's so like the idea of being able to safely and easily avoid pregnancy. I'm at a time in our life when it's hugely costly, like if we're in high school or college or graduate school and not, you know, financially ready to do that, um, that we've been willing to just shoulder these side effects um, without complaining about them too much. And because men are never, you know, the costs associated with um, you know, in unexpected pregnancy are just never going to be as high for them as they are for us just because of the way our bodies work. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in some ways sort of like putting a, a magnifying glass on just how sort of pervasive and um, and sort of whole, you know, like wholly experiential these side effects can be, you know, but women, we've just been willing to deal with it because fertility regulation is so important to us. You know, and, um, you know, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, it just, this thought popped into my head that when I was like 17 years old, I had what was considered at that time adult onset acne, right? I had, didn't have a pimple mm-hmm. in my life ever, right? And all of a sudden I had all this, these pimples, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and I remember being put on the pill. And you know what else I remember? Being depressed and, and grouchy. All of a oh, sudden, wow. out of nowhere, I was depressed and grouchy. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, and it's funny. And, and did you equate it to your pill at well, the time? Well, no, I didn't. But I was only on it for about maybe six months. So, and then I just went back to being my normal, like, high energy, you know. Right. Well, yeah. And that, and that goes to show you. I yeah. Mean, and, and this is, again, why it's so important yeah. that um, we keep track of ourselves and that we t- and that we have our loved ones help us keep track of ourselves. Because, honestly, um, you know, depression and anxiety doesn't feel like depression and anxiety. It yeah. just feels like you're grouchy and having a bad day and, yeah. um, and, and until it becomes really serious. And so, um, you know, yeah, our brain is really good at playing tricks on us. No kidding. Um, and yeah, and, um, and the stuff with the male, you know, birth control pill, again, you know, it just really, I think it highlights how important the issue of birth control is for women that we're we've been able to you know sort of uh mm-hmm. ignore these um ignore these things but when they're potentially you know can really influence the quality of our life and so you know i i think that it's um time that we sort of recognize this and we start pushing um for more options you know part of the um you know one of the big messages in the book is that we really need to start having conversations um about the birth control pill and not saying that we need to give it up because again you know the the benefits that women get from being able to safely and regulate you know um safely and um easily regulate their fertility are are astronomical oh, absolutely. Um, you know there's nothing i mean absolutely. yeah i mean the ability yeah. well yeah i mean it keeps us out of the poorhouse i mean yeah. our all, the betterment of you know, women over the last 50 and 60 years um, owes itself in huge part to um, the birth control pill and, and being able to, you know, regulate our fertility and feel all but completely certain that we're not going to get pregnant at a time in our lives when we don't want to. But, um, but I think that we've gotten a little bit, um, you know, complacent in that we yeah. like have, Sloppy. I mean, we just yeah. haven't questioned, we haven't questioned um, the wisdom of changing our profile of sex hormones in the name of doing this. And, and again, you know, I, I think it's great because right now it's the best thing that we've got, but, but we need to ask for more. Like, I think we need to ask for some alternative. Um, it's time to start asking for some alternative options that are just as effective um, that don't influence what our brain is doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of this book is just really, you know, starting these conversations with women and other women and women and their doctors and women in the scientific community and just saying, like, you know, here are all of these things that the pill is doing. And we've been shouldering these, you know, so-called side effects for, for so long um, because the issue of fertility regulation is that important to us. But, you know, but we're not going to just settle with the pill. Like, we want more options, too, and, like, really kind of turning up the heat in exactly. terms of um, research to try to find something. All right. Listeners, if you want to be in a position of power and make informed decisions about your health, stay with us here. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back. This is Life Don't Miss it. This is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, 
best kid-friendly restaurant, best lobster dinner, and best water view. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on the Hunt Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. We all face challenges and don't always know how to deal with them. We might ask mom, dad, best friend, or even try our darndest to solve them ourselves. But if you have a dilemma that seems unsolvable, veteran lifestyle coach Dwight Goldwyn is ready to help you face your problem head on. Take advantage of his free one-hour telephone coaching session where you can share what would be a life-changing difference for you. No cost, no obligation. So claim now your no-cost session at askdwighthow.org and be on your way to a better you. Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008 or visit thedogsdengrooming.com. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. 6733 or visit us at anticofornoboston.com This is life don't miss it I'm Francesca Luca and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Sarah Hill. We're discussing her new book that's just been released, This Is Your Brain, on birth control, the surprising science of women, hormones, and the law of unintended consequences. Okay, so Sarah, this last uh, segment here, I want to talk about the good stuff about about the pill, right? Uh, You say that it really, uh, that your book is inspired by your research, but also by your own experience of quitting the pill about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago after being on it for a decade. But you quoted that I felt like I climbed out of a black and white drawing into the real world. I had a flat and one dimensional feeling and suddenly I felt so much more vibrant and alive. It was like waking up. But yet you also say that it really contributed to your success. Right. Yes. No, absolutely. You know, um, I I was, so I was on the pill for, it was probably roughly 11 or 12 years and um, before I went off of it and, um, and I tolerated it well. I was never somebody who had any of the, you know, mood effects that some people report and, um, and my libido, you know, it wasn't what it was when I was off of it, um, but it was okay. And, 
you know, it, I, I tolerated the pill well. Um, and so, you know, I, I stayed on it for as long as I did. And, um, and, and I do credit the pill to allowing me to be able to meet my long-term career and, um, and in educational objectives, you know, um, I am and I had to go get a PhD, which requires, you know, an additional six years of schooling after college. So it's like 10 years post high school, you know, in school. Um, and then, of course, I had to build my career. Um, and those are things that are very difficult um, for women to do um, when they are, you know, pregnant, especially if it's um, sort of unexpected. And so I credit my ability to do all of those things to my ability to safely and easily regulate my fertility. Um, and of course, the birth control pill played like a huge role in all of this, you know, and, and this is true, you know, one thing that's really kind of cool. And every time I talk about it, it gives me goosebumps because it's really, um, it's something that I hadn't really thought too much about until I was actually sitting down and, you know, really reflecting on society and reflecting on my own life and, and the role of the pill in terms of, you know, the betterment of women. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like cliche and it, it, it sounds sort of empty or like a platitude, like, well, you know, the pill has been responsible for the betterment of women and blah, 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 blah. And we all know that. But like, right. if you think about it, like, um, you know, when our grandparents or great grandparents were, you know, in like finishing up high school and that sort of thing, if you were our great grandmother, um, you know, the idea of going on to a Ph.D. program. Right, which would require you to remain non-pregnant up until you're at least 28. Right, right, is is almost impossible. Right, because right. unless you're going to check yourself into a convent on the way. Right, right, because um, <laughs> it's just like before we had really good ways to regulate our fertility, there was just really no way to do that. And so, what the the pill has done for women more than anything else, and this is the part that just really, like I said, kind of gives me goosebumps, is it allowed us to plan. Right. Yep. And the yep. the ability to know that I'm, I'm going to start this Ph.D. program. Right. I'm going to I'm going to finish college. I'm going to go into a Ph.D. program. I'm going to spend 10 more years in school and being able to make that plan and know that you don't have to worry about midway through having all of your hard work just be totally laid to dust because of an unexpected pregnancy is like really astounding. You know, I mean, it's, it's a really astounding ability um, to be able to to plan that way because, you know, it's like most of us aren't willing to start working really hard at something unless we feel like we're pretty we're pretty certain that we're going to be able to complete it. And the pill gave that to women. But the you pill, know, it it, they, but that, it's not like the pill is the only form of birth control that could give you that kind of control. Right. 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 No, I, I know. I completely I completely um, recognize that. But in terms of like being able to um you know, sort of well, with almost complete certainty, right. know that you're not going to be able to get pregnant right. or that you're not going to get pregnant, um, you know, and, and easily right. um, is something that um, is, is that something that the pill gave us. And just to right. give you um, a really sort of, you know, example of this, if you look at the number of women, the percentage of applicants to medical and law schools um, which are, of course, advanced degree programs that yep. require women to, you know, be in their late 20s before they're done. Um, before the birth control pill was made available to single women, um, which happened right around 1970, um, it, the, the women's applicants, and this was about 10%, they were 10% of the applicant pool. 
Um, if you flash forward only 20 years later, they're 50% of the applicant pool. Wow. Um, and, you know, part of this is obviously because, you know, the yep. world has gotten to be less sexist. But part of the reason that the world is less sexist now is because women are able to do more. Wow. They and, have more control over their lives. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because we have more control over our lives. And, you know, and, and the ability to say, like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to medical school. And, you know, you're not going to say that unless you think you're going to finish. Um, in part, exactly. and, you know, again, this isn't the only thing, but, you know, the birth control pill, um, access to legalized safe abortions, things that women, you know, are, give women the ability to plan, yep. um, allow women to, like, achieve anything. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who is, you know, like the abstinence-only types who would say that the pill, you know, when you have birth control, it's going to make women reckless and irresponsible and, mm -hmm. you know, but, right. but instead women became better educated more achievement oriented and, you know, have really kind of begun to take over the world. And so, um, you know, I think that um, when it's possible for women, like, like we do amazing things and, and the pill was part of the process of allowing us that. And again, you're right. It's not the only thing out there. And I certainly, you know, think that women should explore all of their options when it comes to um, birth control. Well, Sarah, um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, thank you. I would love to talk longer, but we are out of time. So thanks so much for being on Talk with Francesca. This is your brain on birth control, the surprising science of women, hormones, and the law of unintended consequences. Ladies, you should definitely pick up a book. And mothers of uh, young teens, definitely pick up the book. If you missed part of the show, you can go hop on over to my iTunes page. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you. Okay. What if you took the time to really soak it